0: Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to episode 10 of Underrated Underdogs. This is your host, Dalapa, coming at you. In virtual studio today, we've got the the, the man himself, Brandon. How are you doing today, bro?
1: You know what? I'm fantastic. I got the Patriots on a hot streak. And because of of Jin's really great betting, uh, I will be enjoying some Popeyes on his dime. As a result of last Thursday, but maybe for this Thursday, we'll see. Maybe if you're nice to Popeyes, we can get them to pay for it.
0: Ooh, yes! And and f- fresh off, uh, fresh off a couple of days feeling sick, you're back to full health. So we're, we're we're glad to see this. We're glad to see this. How about you, Jen? How are you doing, man? Uh,
2: I'm doing pretty well. I mean, I'm I'm just hoping that you know, um, the Popeyes I'm gonna send to Brandon doesn't cause him to have another second storm. Um, <laughs> But you know, hey, it was a it was a good game on Thursday. You know, if if Mike White was in there for the full game, you know that that might have made a change. Uh, but the Jets are still the Jets. I mean, at this point, like you might as well just sell the team.
0: <laughs> oh man, we're not even two minutes in. This guy's already calling for teams to be sold. Ah, but that, that's just Jen. Um, Jen, how about you? You walk us through the uh, through the best from last week. How did we do?
2: Uh, We did pretty well. Um, I think one of our biggest bets was that, you know, being a Cowboys fan, it was was heartening to bet against the Cowboys, but we got Denver at plus 10, which was a great bet. Um, You know, we didn't expect the Cowboys to cover that spread and obviously they lost the game. Um, So yeah, so hopefully everything goes well this week as well. We did have some major upsets last weekend, but we don't expect anything that huge coming up uh, this week as well.
0: Perfect. That's what we like to hear. And to get our premium bets, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at underrated FTFW. Once again, that is underrated FTFW. And you can get our premium bets there. Um, so now to, to get to get into the topics, we we had a crazy, crazy, pretty crazy week uh in the NFL this week. Um and to, to kind of start us off, Aaron Rodgers uh didn't play on Sunday due to the health and safety protocols. Um, And has been kind of battling with the media for the past couple of days. Um, The uproar kind of started when news came out that Aaron Rodgers has not been vaccinated. Um, And of course, you're thinking, you know, this is it's his choice. But earlier in the year when he was asked about his vaccine, his vaccine status, he said, yes, I have been immunized. Um, And, you know, obviously now with the the conflicting news coming out that he's not vaccinated, people feel like he, he he lied or misled the public, at least. Um, and, you know, amidst the whole incident, he went on the Pat McAfee show to explain his stance. Um, and you know, that's where it came out that he's allergic to some ingredients in the MRNA formula. Um, but obviously people are still angry at him. Um, you know, claiming that he, he lied and misled the public. So Brandon, I want to come to you here first. Um, do you feel like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers lied to the public or, um, misled in any way?
1: Yes, Absolutely um i've always thought aaron Rodgers. he thinks he's the smartest person in the room Um, and i know i'm echoing what almost every sports analyst has said at this point but it's it's pretty obvious to tell that he thinks that when you're talking or when you're seeing him talk to the media Um, but i definitely think he intentionally misled people because he didn't want to deal with the media um so by saying, yeah, I'm immunized. He knew that he wouldn't get any following questions because immunized is just a synonym for vaccine. Um So he, he knew what he was doing. Absolutely. Um, the, the interview on the Pat McAfee show was, I'd say pretty brutal. There were parts when you thought it would make sense. Like when he said he was allergic to some of the stuff in the mRNA vaccine, that makes sense. Like, if you're allergic to the stuff in it, you probably shouldn't get it. Doesn't make you an anti-vaxxer to avoid things you're allergic to. Completely understand where you're coming from there. Um, it's fine that he sought other treatment or other ways to build up immunity. There's nothing wrong with any of that. It all comes down to the fact that he denied what was happening. And then when he was asked about it, said he was immunized and didn't explain why. And then blamed the media for not asking follow-up questions like what follow-up questions if I were to ask you uh, if you've been immunized and you say yes am I going to then be like oh how no I assume you got pinched with a needle right like I assume that's what happened because as far as I'm concerned there aren't any other ways to get vaccinated from COVID the best course of action and we talked about this beforehand would be just to be honest up front If he was honest from the beginning, he doesn't have to give us the whole story, just a a quick synopsis on what's happening. Nobody's going to fight him on it. If someone asked if he's vaccinated and he says, no, I'm allergic to some of the stuff in the mRNA. um, So we're looking at alternative treatments. And through those alternative treatments, we are petitioning to the NFL to let those be an exemption for the vaccination status. Then when that gets denied, nobody's surprised. He's still not the face of anti-vaxxer because he's still looking at other ways and he's allergic. Um, And then everything is fine, but he intentionally misled the media. I know he's had a few interviews since then to sort of redeem himself, uh, but he still hasn't apologized. He's taken responsibility for misleading people, but he has not apologized for it. So he is not sorry he did it. He's just taken responsibility for the fact that he did do it. And then the other side of this is the way the NFL handled it. Nothing that they did tells me that they're taking this seriously. The NFL said he didn't break any protocols, even though he was openly in a media room with no mask on, not eight times in the eight games he's played or the seven games he played. Um, so there's, you know, seven to eight different instances where he broke protocol on public media uh, and they said they couldn't find any situation in which that was the case, even though the world could, the NFL could not. Um, so I don't know why. Uh, and the fine was a joke. Like there's no way they're taking it serious. It's the same as a taunting fine. He got fined $14,650, um, which may seem like a lot of money to you and I, but relative to his salary, it's almost nothing. If you break it down by a percentage of salary, it would be the same as if you or I got fined $5 per infraction of not wearing a mask or not having proof of vaccination. So the fine, like they, they slapped him on the wrist slightly to tell him, hey, you probably shouldn't do that again. But fourteen thousand dollars is not a lot of money to someone who's making north of or twenty million dollars in a year. Um, so the whole situation is just screwed up. The way Aaron handled it, the way the NFL handled it was a joke. I, I don't know what could have been said, but this is this is the most ridiculous thing that's happened this year. And there's been a lot of dumb shit happened this year.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely ridiculous. Jen, what's your, what's your take on this whole issue?
2: It, it, it just seems like, you know, Aaron thinks that he's above the world world uh, at this point, you know, just given about, you know, how he, you know, before before the, you know, start of season with his whole status and everything, you know, he just, he thinks he's top shit, you know, he holds up, up, up a lot of the power. Of what he does, which is true. He he, he does, um, you know, especially, you know, with the organization as well as the NFL. But it, it just seems like he's too egoistic about everything that he does. He's out there trying to make a point, you know, eventually that's just going to that's going to be a downfall. Aaron, you know, if if he's not performing well or, you know, something happens with injuries, whatever it is, you know, that he's not going to bounce back and he's going to be a forgotten name. um and also, you know, just looking into the future, you know, when they're choosing, you know, Hall of Fames, you know, for his class and whatever, this might be a major point where he's not going to be the first ballot going in because, you know, all the the people that are voting for him down the road is going to see this as, you know, something that only cares about himself. And it seems like Aaron never changed, you know, you know, especially, you know, a couple of years back, you know, he kind of, distance away from his family and everything like that and then now this you know it just seems like you know he's he's his own world at this point and eventually it's all gonna just shatter it's it's a house of cards and aaron is literally lighting the matches uh to his house of cards
0: yeah like this this whole thing is not being been a good look at all for aaron um at this point, I'm not even sure how you, you kind of redeem yourself from this because it's, it's just kind of a, a stain. Um, you know, the, the lack of accountability at first, and then even though he's taken accountability now, still waiting on that kind of formal apology. And his demeanor throughout these interviews just doesn't seem like a guy who is sorry or um, who feels bad about what he did. So he just feels like, eh, this is business as usual. Like I, Like, you're still going to let me play football because – it is what it is like you're the nfl isn't going to stop me from doing that so um
2: i mean what they should have done is you know um find the packers a couple million dollars suspended aaron for the rest of the year you know and uh and maybe get the packers to lose their first top three picks because it, it you know it's it seems like it you know this this whole aaron rogers thing is the complete opposite of what the nfl is trying to preach when it comes to the vaccines um you know obviously you know he's essentially out here you know consulting with uh dr joe over there um who who advised him quote unquote on his show that he should inject horse uh medicine into him as part of a COVID treatment um but at this point you know like he might as well just injecting himself and uh, then he would have been, you know, full on quote-unquote, uh, immunized, according to Dr. Joe.
1: Actually, come to think of it, the NFL can't slap the Packers with a huge fine because the NFL knew about it too. Because the NFL knows the list of all the players who are vaccinated and unvaccinated, on top of which uh, Aaron appealed the decision and then appealed the decision again. So they dealt with Aaron Rodgers trying to prove his immunization twice, get denied twice, and then go into the league and break protocol. So they're also in on this scenario, too. They're partially to blame because how easy would it have been for them to, to give them a slap on the wrist earlier in the season? Like, hey, you can't do this shit because um, we're on the hook for it too, because they knew, they knew the entire time. The organization knew, Aaron Rodgers knew, the NFL knew, um, so they can't really, sl- like they can slap the fine, but it's immediately going to fall back on the NFL because they knew as well.
0: Mm. So it's just, yeah, it's it's fuckery from the top down, pretty much is what you're telling me here. Um, so I guess let, let's move on to the next topic, Then next big news in the, in the NFL over the past week was regarding obj um last week we kind of spoke about the incident with uh, with obj and the browns essentially since odell beckham jr got to got to cleveland there just hasn't been any chemistry with uh between himself and baker and in spurs the, the team has actually played well without odell um and on thursday last week the browns decided to part ways with the wide receiver after his dad posted some videos of Baker either not passing to Odell or, or missing the, the target when Odell was open. Um, and as of today, actually, Odell has cleared waivers and, and is now uh, officially a free agent and can sign whenever he, wherever he pleases. So, my question to you here, Jen, is where is Odell going to land or where's going to be that best spot for him to, to go to?
2: I mean, just judging from everything that is being seen out there, I think the best place for him to go would be the Green Bay Packers. I know that Brendan's gonna disagree with me because he thinks the Patriots would be always the way to go, but you know, like it you know, you already got a dysfunctional quarterback over there. You add Odell, perfect match, you know, at this point. And also they need a number one right receiver besides Devontae Adams. Obviously, I don't hope he goes to uh, the Green Bay Packers, because obviously, you know, come playoff time, that's going to be something crucial. You know, I hope he joins a team, something like the Patriots, uh, where he can, you know, essentially get his careers uh, die there, um, along with you know all the dirty tactics that Bill has taught his players. You know, especially after what Mac Jones did to, um, to uh, Burns uh, on Sunday. You know what that. Uh, dirty tackle purposely trying to twist the neck. i mean i'll be surprised if mac jones isn't out uh, the next week uh, with uh, 40 concussions from all the uh the hits that he's going to take uh, from the browns and he's playing miles garrett and you know that guy's going to have a grudge against him
0: mm. brandon uh, patriots or, or or are you thinking elsewhere for obj
1: Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that Mac Jones needs to watch out for miles Garrett swinging helmets. Uh, speaking of dirty tactics, um,
2: Hey, as long as Mac Jones doesn't call him the N word, uh, like what, uh, Mason uh, Rudolph did, then he's not going to swing the helmets, but then again, you know, we never know.
1: Yeah. Either way. That's a tough, that's a tough D to play against, but yeah, hopefully there's no swinging helmets that game. Um, Mac Jones has been doing well, so I'd like to see that stay. Um, And before I agree that Odell should go to the Patriots, I don't know if this is where evil land. Uh, And by the Twitter universe, it seems like that may not be the case, but I am just full-on manifesting this into the world by saying, OBJ, come to the Patriots, please. Um, Last week, you gave me Five seconds, which turned into five minutes, explaining what the Patriots need at the deadline. The number one highlight was a true number one receiver. And we could get just that in OBJ because he is better than the ones we have. Um, he might not be, you know, top two receiver in the NFL, but he can be a number one in a good system. Um, so I would like to see him come here hopefully no one bids more than the vet minimum because our cap is pretty tight. Uh, But we know he loves Bill Belichick. OBJ, now is your chance. You are a free man. You can pick wherever you want to go, and Bill Belichick is asking for you. So take the opportunity. Go play with the Patriots. But that team's heating up. A number one wide receiver would be just the thing that they need to make a serious run to make the playoffs this year. So OBJ, come to the Patriots.
2: Not if they don't have a starting quarterback after Miles Garrett plows through Mac Jones with 40 different sacks and 40 fumbles. <laughs> you 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 know for a fact that Miles Garrett is gonna try his best to rip his head off.
1: I don't know if you saw the play. Um there was a play against the Chargers where somebody ran to hit him after the whistle. And the entire O-line was just ready to throw down. So I think he's decently respected in the locker room and decently protected by the O-line that they wouldn't just like close their hands and wait for Miles Garrett to do his thing. I think they're going to put up a fight. I think they're aware of the situation. um, And and I think they've got his back. So I don't think he's going to get injured. I don't think he makes this dirty play. He's certainly not the only player in the NFL who's ever made a dirty play. Um, so I don't know why this one is being highlighted as much as the other dirty ones that go unnoticed. Um, but I think you'll be fine. Um, they are they are poised to potentially win that game too. Hmm. And actually
0: there's there's one other spot that you guys didn't didn't really touch on um, that I've been seeing and hearing a lot about um, in terms of obj's landing spots and that's the Saints. Um, so Brendan, do you mind? kind of walking me through how how you see that fit working out if that if he does end up with the Saints
1: it's another spot where he'd be a number one receiver Um, obviously with Michael Thomas out for the year with his ankle um, he'd have a chance to step in and be that number one receiver but in terms of who he'd be playing with um, he wants to play with a good quarterback which is why the Packers are a favorite. Uh, I think the Chiefs are also thrown in the mix. Um so him going to those places would give that wish of being with an elite quarterback, obviously Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. That being said, he wouldn't be a number 1 in those situations. So if his issue was targets in Cleveland, he's going to have the same issue in Green Bay because he's not taking targets from DeVonte Adams. That's not happening. And he's not taking targets from Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. He's not going to come in there and all of a sudden be the number one over Tyreek, Travis Kelsey, or Devontae Adams. So I think the reason that we're having this conversation today and the reason we're not discussing why he chose a landing spot is I think those exact things. He's trying to balance. Do I make the decision of going to play with a, a solid quarterback and making a Super Bowl run? Or do I still want to be that number one guy and redeem myself? Because if he plays in a situation like the Saints or the Patriots, but if you're going to the Saints, you might as well come to the Patriots because our quarterback is better. um, Then he'd be that number one. But if he goes to the other ones, he's potentially fighting for a Super Bowl, but he has to adjust to the fact that he's not going to get those targets. So I think it just depends on what he wants. Obviously he's in no rush to make this decision because he was released on Monday and he is still, it's it's Wednesday night when we're recording this, um, and he hasn't made a decision yet. Um, so I mean, similar to the Patriots, except their quarterback is is not as good as ours. So that's why I don't think so. But who knows? Yeah,
0: I guess we'll we'll find out soon enough from uh, from OBJ where where he's going to continue the at least continue his his career for the near future. Um, moving on. The next topic that we have is regarding Sunday's game. The Denver Broncos handed the Cowboys their second loss of the season. I'll repeat that again. The Denver Broncos handed the Cowboys the second loss of the season. Um, and following that victory, the Broncos head coach Vic Fangio had uh, had some things to say. He mentioned that he he now has the secret to, to beating the boys. Of course, this is something it's easier to see something like this after a victory. So, um, Brandon, I want to come to you here. Do you think he's actually found the secret to beating the Cowboys, or did he just stumble across a a lucky win there?
1: I think he stumbled across a bad game. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) To be honest with you, um, I've never really bought into the Vic Fangio uh, genius. I've never really been a fan of Vic Fangio he's just kind of been a coach Um, and so I don't know if he is claiming to be a mastermind on offense or defense of of creating a scheme to beat a hot Cowboys team I think he just got stuck with a decent game plan and a bad game by the other team Um, because I don't think the Cowboys played near as well as they could have Um, But like I said, I'm not buying into the Vic Fangio genius, so I think he's just being cocky. Um, I think he's taking his chance to dunk on someone because he's not going to get many chances to. I did a little digging into why the Vic Fangio genius aura exists, uh, and it's entirely around his quote-unquote defensive mind. Um, But to put it into context, uh, his defensive mind was built around Ray Lewis, Rod Woodson, Terrell Suggs, Ed Reed, Navarro Bowman, and Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson. These guys are all Pro Bowl or first team All-Pro or both who have played under a Vic Fangio defense. There's never been a time where he's had a a plus record or a positive record in the NFL uh, where he hasn't had four (laughs) All-Pros. So I mean, is he a defensive genius or is he good enough to help four pro bowlers have a good defense as well? Um, on top of which his three seasons coaching with the Broncos are barely as good as Josh McDaniels head coaching the Broncos. Um, so I don't really know where the Vic Fangio genius comes from, uh, by the numbers, he's about as good of a head coach as Josh McDaniels was in Denver. Um, so I think he's just being cocky and dunking on someone while he has a chance to.
0: Mm. Maybe the, the genius comes from his recruiting tactics. Um, but, Jin, what, what, how do you feel about this? Do you think he has the secret to beating your boys, or is it just uh, was it just a bad game from you guys?
2: No, I, th- I think it was just a bad game. I mean, you know, it just – overall, I think – you know, obviously, we, we got a little bit overconfident. Even Jerry Jones came out saying that. Um, and also, it's just bad luck. You know, that block punt, you know, um, supposed to be, you know, the start of a great momentum. But, you know, being obviously out of bad luck, you know, Denver gets a first down off of that, which has never happened uh, in the history of the NFL. Um, so it just seems like, you know, it's good that the 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 boys needed this loss. Um, you know, they 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 took the L like a champion. Um, you know, you can call it moral victory, or you can call it whatever it is. Um, but we have a, we 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 almost have a ninety nine percent chance of going to the playoffs. And you know, this is something that you wanted to avoid um, going into the play uh, go, during the playoffs because you know once you once you lose the playoffs, you are done. Um so now, you know, the boys have known exactly how an L tastes like and obviously they don't want that, um, especially in the playoff season. Um, so they're gonna get better. Uh and also, you know, it seems like again, you know, I, I think the the wordings and the media have gotten into Trayvon Diggs' head a little bit, you know, saying that he's the the M V P defensive M V P of the year. Um, I think he just needs to settle down, do what he does, and uh and uh, come back a better player uh, than he was um, overall. Uh, overall, I mean, I think, you know, no team is going to go out there and, you know, win every single game. It's it's almost like, you know, the, the Bucks got sh- essentially shitted on by the Saints uh, when they were heavy favorites as well. Um, Bucks is most likely going to bounce back. Same thing with the boys.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, so Vic Fangio... I guess we're, 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 the verdict is still out on his uh, on his defensive genius. Um,
2: He's going to obviously take the ultimate L at the end of the year uh, when he gets fired as the coach.
0: <laughs> we'll see if he can sweet talk his way into another head coaching job after that one. Um, moving on, the, the other topic that we have here is the ref versus Cassius March. Um, not at this point. I feel like you've probably seen the uh, you you've seen the video of the of the rep hip checking Cassius Marsh uh, during Sunday's game. A few minutes later, Cassius Marsh had a, a big sack on on Big Ben. Big sack on Big Ben. Um, with a this was on a huge third down in the third in the fourth quarter, with only about three minutes and thirty seconds left on the clock. Um, so this could this was potentially a, a, a you know momentum changing. Um, play for the Bears, and nothing came of it because Cassius was called for a taunting foul after a dope-looking spin kick that he did up uh, to to celebrate that sack. Um, obviously, Bears fans are angry, saying that the refs cost them the game because they were only down three three at that point. Um, but as an impartial viewer, Jen, I want to come to you here. How do you feel about this call? Do you feel like it, this this call uh, like blew the game for the For the Bears, and was this a fair call to make?
2: Oh, it was a complete bullshit call. Um, It just seemed like the ref wanted, you know, he wanted to show everybody what kind of power that he had. I mean, essentially cost the Bears the game, um, you know, because of of that. Um, You know, it just seems like the refs are just kind of doing whatever they want, and... You know, especially after, you know, Mike Tomlin came out and say it is what it is. That's how the refs are. He's on the fucking committee for these kind of calls and shit like that. Obviously, he knows exactly what's going on. And, you know, it's just to be fair, like congratulations on the geniusness of even talking of this through because you sneaked out there with a win. But, you know, it just seems like these refs are just getting out of hand. Um way too much and this whole taunting call is it's bullshit. I mean like, yeah, I understand, and, you know, if you if you, you know, throw up like a throw up the middle finger like AJ Hawk <clears throat> you know, obviously taunting, of course, that that is, you know, especially if it's televised you know on, on TV and stuff like that. Um but you're essentially it's almost you know, it almost seems like the refs have money on these games. Um you know that that they, you know, wanted to blow these these calls so that, you know, they can give a certain people amount of edge. I know that's going to a conspiracy theorist, um, but it just seems Sound like...
1: Sounded like Aaron Rodgers, their big guy.
2: Yeah, because I've been drinking that uh, Big Joe juice. Um, <laughs> You're a flat earther too? Oh, yeah, totally. A thousand percent. You know, only when I drive around the curves. Um, yeah, but no, it just seems like, you know, the refs... The, the, all the good refs are out of the game and you know obviously there's some adaptation time with the newer refs, but you know it just seems like they're going more towards you know like just overall destroying the reputations of the referees uh, in general for all sports they're they're like baseball refs now except you know they don't have the option to throw any player or, or coach uh, you know within a second
0: Brendan um how about you how do you how do you feel about this call do you feel like the refs in the we're in the kind of right position to to make this call
1: i watched this replay over so many times trying to find like uh oh maybe the ref had something i can't find it it's impossible if somebody can find it comment let me know because i didn't understand um it's a load of bs Basically, he does the spin kick after a sack, not in any general direction, towards the end zone, so that didn't matter. Sweet spin kick, by the way. Probably one of the cooler sack celebrations I've ever seen. Um, And then he went over and stared at the bench for a couple seconds. It's not like he ran over there and flipped them off or ran over there and was talking shit. He literally stared them down for, like, maybe five seconds. Like, look, I just sacked your all-star. Good. He should. He just made the kind of play where he should be able to do that. I don't think that's overboard. On top of which, if it was taunting, the penalty flag should have been thrown at that point. Right there, after the actual penalty occurred. Um, Instead, as he's running around the ref to get back to his bench, the ref weirdly bumps into him. That looks like a hip check. It's the most awkward movement I've ever seen. He like scoots back into him uh, and then stares him down and throws the flag. Like he's watching him the whole time. You know how easy it would have been for the ref not to move. And then Cassius Marsh doesn't hit the ref because the ref was watching Cassius Marsh. And then he threw the flag after he bumped into him. So there was like a two to three second period there where like you could have thrown the flag at any point, but you stared him down, bumped into him and then threw the flag up and kept staring him down. Like that was uh, the ref taunting Cassius Marsh is what that was. Um, So I don't think he took it too far, like staring him down. Sure. Whatever. Cool. Um, It's not like he was doing anything belligerent or, you know, making any, any smug comments, flipping the bird, anything like that was literally staring at someone a big deal. Um, The whole situation was just strange and I don't know what's going down, but uh, Tony Carenti and the head of officiating for the NFL had a chance to address the event and just said, refs are human. What are you going to do? Which I don't know what that means because players are also human. But when players make a mistake, they potentially cost their team and themselves money. Um, They could, when a player makes a mistake, they could potentially get a penalty for yardage. They could get fined themselves. The organization could get fined. um, And there's actual penalties happening, albeit they are small slaps on the wrist. There's still something. In the case of a ref, they're just like, ah, well, what are you going to do? And then moving on. And this was, I I think, the most controversial refing incident since the PI in the Rams and Saints game in the championship, um, which coincidentally also had no backlash. So I don't know what the NFL is doing. Every time I look at the NFL addressing any sort of controversy, it's like, okay, how do we protect ourselves? And who can we throw under the bus? Um, and it's obviously them acting in a way that protects their system because the NFL does nothing wrong ever. Um, so that's a really long rant on a really minute taunting call, uh, (laughs) to say it shouldn't have been thrown in the first place. The ref just needed to stand still, which shouldn't have been hard. Um, but he couldn't resist himself and, and wanted to get in his face. So it's a load of bullshit.
0: Yeah, really, just wanted to get us behind on Cassius Marsh there. So, who knows? Potential flirting in the in the making there. The last topic that we have—he's
2: like—he's flirting like Urban Meyer flirt.
0: <laughs> See, I teed that one up for you, Jin. You like it?
2: Yeah, except uh, he's more than two fingers at this point.
0: Um, the final topic that we have here is this one. Pretty much is just for you, Brandon. This one is for you, uh, the Patriots. Playoff push. The Patriots started off the season one and three. And with a rookie QB with no real number one wide receiver, things are looking pretty bleak. But the guys have been able to, to turn this one around with a especially with the three-game win streak that they're currently on. Um they're now sitting with a record of five and four and holding on to that second spot in the AFC East. Um so Brandon, I'm coming to you here. Do you think your boys will actually pull this off? Will you will you guys make the playoffs this year? Speaking into existence.
1: Uh I'm pretty optimistic they will. Obviously, this topic is just for me. I threw it in there. I thought somebody <laughs> would shut it down. Um, but I guess we're just gonna gonna let me roll with this Patriots pride that I have. Things were looking pretty bleak. Uh, but uh but came back um, and now are five and four. So it has been a journey, and there's definitely been times where I have doubted Bill Belichick uh, and called him out for not putting the ball in Mac Jones's hand more, um, but it seems to be happening. The team is coming of age at the right time. Um, I know there was some doubt about how Mac Jones would perform, but he looks like the best QB in this draft class to date. That's not to say he will be for his entire career. Just up until the first half of the season, he looks like the best quarterback in that draft. Which is awesome, because he fell to us at 15th. Um, And it's not like their losses have been terrible. Like, they lost to the Dolphins by one point, which we now know is brutal. Um, But other than that, you know, they took the Cowboys to OT. um, And I'll give Jin some credit. The Cowboys are... Uh, a powerhouse. So taking them to OT was amazing. Uh, We were one missed field goal in the rain away from beating the defending Super Bowl champs and Tom Brady, which would have been a really nice win. I'm happy with with the way the season's been going. Um, For me, a win on the season would be making the playoffs. So yes, I'm optimistic, but I would consider that a win on Mac Jones's first year. Uh, and it would be an amazing win if they actually win a playoff game.
0: Jin, how about you? Are you as, as optimistic about the, the Patriots as well? Do you think they're making the playoffs this year?
2: No. No, I mean just <clears throat> it's it's all fun and games until, you know, they go on a losing streak. You know, they're 1 and 4 at home. Like how, how hard is it to win at home? Like yeah, I understand, you know, you're 4 you're 4 and 0 oh on the road. But you've been playing with a bunch of shit teams. Um, You know, just going over their schedules, um, you know, for the second half. Um, They got the Browns. So that's an L right there. Falcons. uh, They might be able to squeeze a win. Titans. That's an L. Bills. That's an L. Colts. They might have a chance. Bills. That's another L. And they finish off with with Dolphins uh, and the Jags. Um, So if you combine all that together, so that's one, two, three. They're going to be nine and eight, Um, you know, according to our projection, according to my projections. A nine and eight in the AFC is not going to get you even close to a wild card with all the rest of the teams competing. So at this point, you know, Patriot fans, you might as well burn your jerseys because your season is done.
1: (laughs) Oh, my lord. Ease of schedule is a low blow, considering the Cowboys play two teams that were in the playoffs last year, one of which is the struggling Chiefs. Um, So if you want ease of schedule, you play in the NFC East. I don't think it gets easier than that. You get six games of guaranteed wins, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, hey
2: either way playoff is a playoff right i mean it doesn't matter how much jerry had to bribe at the nfl to get that schedule um but you know hey jerry's making money and we're most likely gonna go to the playoffs while you guys are sitting at home watching the games
0: Mm. jerry 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 to have his money man just just pee way through any problems um That brings us to the end of our show. Um, as usual, to get our premium uh, our premium bets for this week, make sure you follow us on Instagram at underrated ftfw, um, and leave leave a comment. How do how you like today's show? Leave a comment on the on the YouTube page. Um, it helps the the, the YouTube algorithms. Um, and hit, give us a follow on on Instagram as I mentioned. Make sure that you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And we will catch you next week with the next episode. Until then. Have a great one. Bye, everyone.